It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a free agent Friday. We are going to continue our free agent preview series today with the offensive tackles. This is obviously one of the biggest question marks that the Titans have going into the offseason because of the free agent status of Jack Conklin. The right tackle spot is wide open, and not only is Jack Conklin a free agent, but backup swing tackle Dennis Kelly is a free agent as well. So the Titans Titans will have to address the position in multiple ways. Will they choose to get a starter out of the draft if possible and get a backup tackle in free agency? Will they try to go with a starter in free agency and draft a backup developmental tackle? Will they go out and re-sign either of their current free agents and bring them back to Nashville? There are a ton of different routes that the Titans can take, so we are going to talk about those options, and while doing so, we're going to talk about what names are out there on the free agent market that the Titans may be able to target, so we will break that up as we have been doing during the free agent preview series with the top tier options first, and then we will talk about some more of the secondary options that the Titans will have some cheaper options, the bargain bin, as I like to refer to it as, in our second segment. It is Friday, though, so we are going to lead out into the weekend with a nice Friday mailbag. You guys got a couple of questions for me, so I will get those answered for you, and we will head out into the weekend. So a lot to break down here. There are a lot of names out there of of great interest that I think could fill a need for the Titans depending on which route they decide to go because that will really tell us a lot about what options are truly on the table. So we need to examine all of that, a ton to break down. Let's get it. Obviously, the Titans have a ton of different routes that they could take to get their roster ready for the 2020 regular season, but there are four outcomes and four paths that the Titans could take to fix this problem that are much more likely than all the rest. The first path that the Titans could take happens to be the most unlikely of the top four, and that's that they would give Jack Conklin an outright long-term extension. Right now, the Titans are in a tricky spot with their cap situation with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry also as priority free agents and it just doesn't seem that they'll be able to carve out enough room to allocate that much capital just to the offensive line, not to diminish the importance of the offensive line, of course, but it just seems unlikely they'll be able to put that much of their cap into one position group. Another possible outcome is that the Titans tag Jack Conklin. That is also not incredibly likely with the Titans most likely losing one of their tags, the franchise tag or the transition tag, once the new CBA is ratified, and then also... It's more likely that those tags get used on Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, as I mentioned before, which means that signing Jack Conklin back for the Titans just doesn't appear to be incredibly realistic. Add in the amount of suitors and competition that will be on the market looking for his services, and now the Titans really need to start looking towards free agency and the draft to fix this problem. And the two different paths that they could take with that, they could re-sign Dennis Kelly, who's been a great backup tackle, one of the top backup tackles in the NFL and a spot starter for the Titans over the last few years, and then draft either a high-end tackle that could eventually replace Dennis Kelly, or draft a tackle later in the draft that they can 
can develop and just play behind Dennis Kelly and rely on Kelly as a starter. If they don't bring back Conklin or Kelly, well, then they'll look to the draft for certain, whether they go with a high round pick or a late round pick is yet to be seen, but they will also be looking towards the veteran free agent market to bring someone in, whether or not to be a starter or be a backup. We can't know for certain, but they most certainly will look to the draft and free agency. And if they do look towards free agency, there is a top tier of tackles available the Titans could choose to pick from. Of course, Jack Conklin leads that list. He's most likely going to get 15, 16, maybe even 17 million dollars a season. And then you saw DJ Humphreys, who got 15 million dollars a year from the Arizona Cardinals. Right below him, you'd look at someone like Brian Balaga, who's 31 years old from the Green Bay Packers. He is projected to be in the $10 million range. He's had a lot of injuries throughout his career, which a ton of these offensive linemen, that's the big issue that they have is they deal with injuries. It is a difficult position to play, and it's very taxing on your body, but someone like Balaga at $10 million is still probably too rich for the Titans position at this moment in time. Someone like Jason Peters, who's 38 years old, played for the Eagles for all of his career, nine Pro Bowls, two All-Pros. He still probably will be in that 8 to $10 million range range and at 38 years old he doesn't really give you any multi-year potential someone like Andrew Whitworth from the Rams who's 38 very talented and very decorated player is in that same boat with Peters but then you start looking at some options for the Titans that they could get at an economical rate you look at someone like Kelvin Beecham from the Jets who started 99 games in his career the Jets offense played much better when he was on the field even if he is not an all-pro level tackle he's only 30 years old the Titans could get some good years out of him if they look for someone even cheaper. Daryl Williams from the Panthers has dealt with a lot of injuries, has been a starter, a backup here and there. He's only 28 years old though, so the Titans could invest in an athletic tackle like that. You look at Marcus Gilbert, who tore his ACL last year, but is 32 years old, has 87 starts in his career, and could potentially hold down the fort until a developmental rookie tackle is ready to slide into his place, whether that be at some point during the 2020 regular season or after an entire season into the 2021 regular season. So those are some options that the Titans would have at the top tier end of the free agent tackle market. Honestly, if the Titans do not keep Jack Conklin, which appears to be the case, I would expect them really to attack tackle early in the NFL draft with a pretty deep, pretty talented class of tackles and then go to the bargain bin for a, you know, a veteran free agent tackle who can hold down the fort until that rookie is ready or at least be a backup if the rookie is ready immediately. So we are going to talk about those bargain bin options for the Titans. Some guys that we need to make sure we keep our eye on who will be, like I mentioned earlier, economical for the Titans. That's the thing. Even if Conklin leaves, the Titans can't spend a bunch of money on the tackle. That's that. That's just the, the problem that they're faced with. If you look at the way that the cap is shaken out and how much room that the Titans will have, there just isn't a lot of room to have a very expensive tackle, even one of those top-tier guys that we just talked about. So we will look at some of those bargain bin options next. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger 
a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. To kick off the bargain bin section or the dumpster dive portion of the show, I first I just want to get on record here that what I want the Titans to do with the tackle position, what I hope that they go out and do. I want them to spend early in the draft on an offensive tackle because I do not believe that Jack Conklin will be back. He's going to get paid. Jack Conklin will be one of the highest paid offensive tackles in the NFL. He might get as much money as Taylor Lewan. And let's be honest, Jack Conklin is not as good as Taylor Lewan. He just isn't. So I am perfectly okay with letting Jack Conklin go if we are not able to to meet his price. What I really would love is if some way, somehow, the Titans were able to get a a deal done with the quarterback and get a long-term extension done with Derrick Henry and then tag Jack Conklin and potentially trade him. That's what I think would be a fantastic move. No matter what they're able to do with Conklin, if they are able to pull off that magic trick and, and find a way to get extensions done with QB and running back and then tag Conklin and trade him, that's super unlikely. But if they aren't able to do that and they do have to let him go, then the Titans need to bring back Dennis Kelly. Kelly isn't Taylor Lewan, and he was placed on the left side and started the first four games of the year and was asked to take that role, and it was tough for him. He wasn't able to do it. But I think if you put Kelly over on the right side, you can give him a little bit more help from a tight end. You can get him more comfortable in his role and not ask him to kind of put himself in a position he's not as used to. I think that Dennis Kelly would be an excellent right tackle. He's proven that he has the ability to to step in there and start. He has 31 starts in his career, so he's a borderline starting right tackle, and if you attack offensive tackle early in the draft with a talented player, I'm thinking even maybe first round. There are a lot of good offensive tackles, maybe second round at the minimum. You get an offensive tackle in there, well, then you have Dennis Kelly who can hold down the four, but you don't feel hopeless like he's your only, you know, option there. You can groom that rookie and we saw someone like Nate Davis who wasn't ready at the beginning of the season and even when he got in there for his first start and and started to actually play with the team and get some reps, he wasn't fantastic at the beginning of his stretch. He got better as the season went on, which the entire offensive line did and it's you know no surprise that he got better as the entire unit got better, but we could see the same thing from a rookie tackle. He could, you know, not be ready to play necessarily at the beginning of the season, let Dennis Kelly start at right tackle, and as the season goes forward and that rookie gets more reps in practice and gets more comfortable, eventually slide in there. That's an 
excellent option for the Titans, and then they could have a starting right tackle on a rookie contract ready to go for, you know, the next four years, similar to what we just had with Jack Conklin. Hopefully, stay a little bit more healthy than Conklin, but if if that tackle is anywhere near the type of production that we got from Jack Conklin when he was healthy and on his game, then it would be a fantastic move for the Titans. And Dennis Kelly is just one of the guys. He's familiar with the locker room. He could mentor a young rookie like that. He's familiar with all of the play calls, the playbook, the scheme, what is expected of each tackle position. So I would love to keep Dennis Kelly around. And something to mention here, it was one of John Robinson's best trades, getting rid of DGB and bringing on Dennis Kelly. What an excellent trade, and I just really enjoy still having a piece of that on the team. So I would like for the Titans to bring back Dennis Kelly. But if they don't, if they do not bring back Dennis Kelly, then they're going to have to look for a tackle in the similar range of what he's going to get paid. I'm expecting Dennis Kelly to get anywhere from $5 million to possibly $8 million. I could see $8 million. That's a possibility, but that would be about as high as I would expect. Anywhere from 5 to $8 million, you could get an experienced veteran tackle who's made multiple starts in the NFL, who's still in their you know mid-30s, early 30s. Or if you want to go even a little bit cheaper, you could look at some more athletic, younger tackles who are still in their 20s who you might have an opportunity to groom and maybe get more out of them than their previous coaching staffs and their previous stops have been able to do. So you look at some of those early 30s veterans with starting experience, someone like Mike Remmers who played for the Giants and has had time with the Vikings as well, has played right tackle, has played left tackle. You know that the Titans love that versatility along the offensive line and if this guy is going to be, if this veteran signing is going to come in and expected to be a, a backup or at least be supplanted by a early pick rookie, well, then you want someone who has versatility if they're eventually going to be in a backup role so that they can help you out in multiple places. So someone like Rammers checks that box. You look at someone on the older side like Donald Penn, who's 37, but has been a long time starting left tackle in the league, especially with the Raiders, his most recent stop. Someone like Jared Valdir, who's in that you know early 30s range too, is 33 years old, has had time as a starter with the Arizona Cardinals, and is coming off a season where he really wasn't asked to do much whatsoever as a backup tackle for the Green Bay Packers. So Veldir would be an option as well. Then if you start looking at some of the younger options, these would be even cheaper than that mid-tier veteran and some guys who were high draft picks or considered athletic projects and they just never really panned out for the stops that they had, never really were able to live up to the potential. But those are there are some young names here that the Titans could potentially invest in and have the opportunity to maybe get a diamond in the rough here, coach somebody up to be a little bit more than they had been at their previous stop. So some of those names, you're looking at George Fant, who's only 28 years old, played with the Seattle Seahawks. He came in the league as as a potential tight end, was moved to left tackle. If the Titans are looking for a backup, a cheap backup, well, now that's somebody who can be used as a third tackle, but also an eligible receiver. The Titans love throwing to offensive linemen, so he could kind of fill that role for their offense, which clearly that's a role that they have with the touchdowns that went to David Questenberry and the touchdown that went to Dennis Kelly in the playoffs. So clearly they like having a guy who can be an offensive tackle, but also get out in a route. You look at Cedric Oboye, who was a first round pick, played for the Jaguars last year after being drafted 21 overall by the Bengals. That's a high pick. The guy has talent 
Can the Titans get more out of him than the previous two stops could? Someone like LaRaven Clark, 27 years old, played for the Indianapolis Colts last year. TJ Clemmings, who played for the Bears last year, is only 28 years old. And then someone who I really like and think the Titans, well, I wouldn't say I really like, but I just think it's a solid option for the Titans to take a chance on is someone like Jason Spriggs, who's only 26 years old, was a high pick, played for the Green Bay Packers, was never really able to get on the field. They have David Bakhtiari and they had Brian Balaga, who are two really high-level tackles, so Spriggs never really got a chance to get on the field. He disappointed as well and was never really able to live up to his pick, but He's an athletic guy, had a lot of potential coming out of Indiana in college. Maybe the Titans take a chance on him and see if, like I said, they can find a diamond in a rough. And then somebody who is similar to that has dealt with a lot of injuries is Daryl Williams from the Panthers, 28 years old. That's the common theme with all these guys I've been mentioning is they're still in their late 20s and you could get them for a really nice economical rate and possibly get more out of them than their previous stops. So it, it's just a, a logical risk for the Titans to take if they get a tackle high in the draft who they feel more comfortable with. If you don't feel as comfortable with the tackle that you drafted, then maybe go with some of the veterans I mentioned at the beginning of the segment. But someone like Daryl Williams, Jason Spriggs. I really like the opportunity that the Titans would have there to bring them in on a cheap deal, maybe $5 million, $6 million or less, or less. And if they can stay healthy, get good coaching, and maybe they've been humbled by their previous failures and that you know, being a high pick, being a highly touted guy is kind of wore off, then maybe the Titans can, you know, get a really good effective value there. Now, there are other names on the market. There are a ton of different options. Those are some names that I think the Titans should be paying attention to and that we need to keep our eye on moving forward as free agency is so, so close. We are looking at about 10 days until the legal tampering period starts. So it'll be interesting to see what names do pop up in the reports once we get closer and closer to free agency and start getting some leaks about what teams are eyeing which positions. And you look at some of the top tier guys, we'll definitely go first. Those dominoes will fall first. But after that, we will start to see what some of the the bargain bin options start to do and what their market looks like as we go forward. Really interesting to see what Conklin gets paid, see what Beluga gets paid. There are some possible extensions out there for some tackles as well that could reset the market like Laramie Tunsil. So it'll be very interesting to see what the tackle market looks like this year with uh, really a plethora of options available at, at all different kinds of rates. So be interesting to see what the Titans do, but those are the names that I think we should be paying attention to. Let's cap off the weekend with a little bit of a Friday mailbag. I will get to your guys' questions next. Let's jump into the weekend with a little Friday mailbag. So we are going to start with a question from Jock Tillman on Twitter. He asked me if I had to choose, would I rather have Malcolm Butler or Logan Ryan? Well, this is a pretty simple answer for me. I'd rather have Logan Ryan. While Malcolm Butler adds much more value as an outside cornerback, he's very physical at the line of scrimmage, he's great with press coverage, he does tend to get himself beat because he's not the quickest cornerback, he's not the fastest with straight line speed, but he does have good value. 
I still would take Logan Ryan over him because Logan Ryan's versatility in the slot. He's basically a small linebacker. He allows the Titans to stay in nickel packages because he can function as a linebacker in the run game. He can play in zone. He can play in man. And Malcolm Butler can do all of that as well. But in my opinion, Logan Ryan just does a lot of things at, at a much higher level that this defense needs. Look at look at the statistics if you need it. Four and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, four interceptions. I mean, Logan Ryan is a playmaker. And then you look at what he adds in the community. All the work that he does with the Humane Society and helping animals out, which you know, as a as a pet owner, that means a lot to me. You know, I appreciate him for that. And then the type of leadership, teaching guys how to break down the film, teaching guys how to keep their body right. He just has so much experience, and he's such a winner, and he has such a good attitude that I think it has a major impact on the Titans locker room. So it's unfortunate that Logan Ryan is going to be going, and Malcolm Butler will probably be gone after next season. But I would definitely take Logan Ryan if I had the opportunity to pick you know, either one to stay. It would most certainly be Logan Ryan. Got a question here from Brandon Bentley, and Brandon Bentley said, hey man, still doing a great job? Thank you. How come you're not the Titans GM? Because John Robinson is better than me. That's completely fair. But his question was, what is my favorite college football team and what other sports do I like? Okay, so I am from Ohio. So I love the Ohio State Buckeyes, of course. That is, that is the team that I followed for my entire life. Uh, I've mentioned on the podcast before that one of the big reasons I am a Tennessee Titans fan and have been for over 20 years is because I followed Eddie George. I uh, love the jerseys, love the environment, love the city of Nashville and the state of Tennessee, and really loved Eddie George. So followed him over there from the Ohio State University. I love basketball. I, I am an absolute basketball junkie uh, by the NBA League Pass every year. I've mentioned on this podcast, unfortunately, talked about the Kobe situation, but also just in general, I am a big Lakers fan, have been for over 20 years, and it's not just the Lakers, though. I love the entire NBA. I love watching all the different teams, and for a lot of you guys local who may be Grizzlies fans, I've had a great time watching John ja Morant and JJJ out there, Jaron Jackson Jr., so I am a big basketball fan. I love the entire NBA uh, from a national perspective as, as well as the Lakers. I, I am a Reds fan. I do enjoy baseball, but obviously as most of America, I, I've lost my passion for it a bit in the last decade or so after playing baseball for 16 years of my life. Um, big soccer fan as well. I don't have a favorite team or follow any one club team. Uh, love the U.S. national team. I just enjoy the sport itself. I would say I feel the same about hockey. Uh, I don't have a team, but I really love the NHL playoffs. Anytime there's a big matchup on or a, a big name, I do love to catch a hockey game. And Hockey Live is one of the best experiences you can have in sports. I know a lot of you guys actually located in the heart of Nashville know about that with the Predators. That's a great experience to intake as well. So I'm really just a sports junkie overall. I, lo I love every sport, but yeah, football and basketball are are my first two loves, and I, I love them much more than, than anything else really I've ever encountered, whether that be music, movies, food, anything. Basketball and football are are the greatest things in the world. I, I love those two sports. So that would be my answer to that. Next question comes from Kenneth, Texas Sports 1015. He says that he uh, realizes I get a lot of questions about Tannehill and Brady, which I do. So he has a question about Conklin here. Hey, that 
that really hits on the episode that we are in. Assuming the Titans are able to sign Tannehill and Henry to extensions, would you rather franchise and trade Conklin or try to pay him four years, you know, $18 million here? Well, I would expect at this moment in time that Conklin will get about $15 to $18 million in free agency. And if it were me, it's something that I hit on earlier in the episode. I would love if we were able to get extensions done with quarterback X, Brady, Tannehill. Don't shout at me, whoever you want. Just say that's the guy that we were able to get an extension done with and the Titans were able to get an extension done with Henry. Like I mentioned earlier, I would love for the Titans to tag Jack Conklin and then trade him. Look at the numbers that we're hearing for these free agent tackles. That means that there is an incredible demand for tackles in the NFL. We knew that already, but all of the rumors and all of the noise around the tackle market confirms that for us as well. So that means that the Titans would be able to get some nice assets on the trade market with a tackle like Jack Conklin because it wouldn't just be a situation where a team is trading for Jack Conklin for one season for a rental. No, they'll be able to extend him as well and actually get first dibs on him so that they don't have to bid against a bunch of people in free agency. That's why when you see teams do that, like with A.J. Bouye, who was traded earlier this week from the Jaguars to the Broncos, the Jaguars were going to release him if they weren't able to work out a trade. And you think to yourself instantly, well, why would anybody trade for him then if you can just wait for him to be released? Well, if he's released, then he gets to choose where he goes, and then you got to bid and you got to compete. If you go ahead and give up that asset, that draft pick, and secure that player, well, then you know you have the rights to them. So someone would definitely step up to the plate and do that for Conklin. And I think that the Titans can find a, a cheap and effective option in the draft this year and get some more assets for the draft for other positions where the Titans need to restock for Conklin in a trade. I think that would be the ideal situation, but unfortunately, I think the Titans are going to have to use one of those tags on the quarterback or the running back position. Question here from David Tijerina. Basically, he's saying if the Titans are able to re-sign Derrick Henry and sign Jadavian Clowney, can we consider it a successful offseason despite other moves? Basically, if the Titans were to miss out on Brady and Bridgewater and Tannehill and end up with, let's say, Case Keenum as the starter, but have Jadavian Clowney and Derrick Henry, I don't think I'm willing to call that a success. If the Titans leave the this offseason with Case Keenum as the starter. I don't think that the city of Nashville or the fan base will be very energized to hear that. I think that would be a step back. Now, if you replace Keenum with someone like Teddy Bridgewater and you got Bridgewater, Clowney, and Henry, well, now I think you're cooking with something. That's that's a pretty good offseason. I do have a little bit more faith in Teddy Bridgewater than I do Case Keenum for uh, reasons that I think are obvious based on the way that they've played recently, but you never know how people feel about these different, you know, guys who have been career backups or mostly backups in their career. It's hard to tell how everybody feels about those different people, but to me, Bridgewater, Clowney, and Henry is a successful offseason. Keenum, Henry, and Clowney is not. So that's how I would feel about those different trios. And then the final question that I have here is from Theodore Foth. He said that he really was up on Jordan Love after the combine, wanted to ask me who did I like at the combine, and really put me on the spot here with one from every position. So I will do that for you. And some of the names that I'm going to use are the high-end guys, but they're just fantastic players, and it's hard not to be, I guess, enamored with their talent. So at the quarterback position, I personally really like 
at the quarterback position. I really like Jordan Love as well, and I think that if the Titans had to go out and get a first-round quarterback this year, and they actually had to commit to that, and that goes to David's question earlier, if it was a you know a darkest timeline where the Titans miss out on Brady, Bridgewater, and Tannehill, well, then the Titans would probably have to make a move in the draft, and I would want them to take a chance on Jordan Love. While he needs some decision-making refinement, he needs some accuracy refinement, he just has all the tools that you need to be a high level quarterback in the NFL and be a special quarterback. If you're going to go up in the first round and get a quarterback or you're taking a rookie quarterback, I'm sorry, but like I feel about the edge rushers, I don't want blah. I don't want typical. I don't want fundamental. I want a guy who has off the charts traits and has the ability to be one of the top five players at his position because at the quarterback position, especially that's the guys that are able to carry your team when maybe you don't have the best roster ever. Maybe you're in a down year of a four-year cycle. If you have a great quarterback like a Aaron Rodgers in his prime, like a Pat Mahomes, like a Deshaun Watson, like a Russell Wilson, those type of quarterbacks can elevate your team and elevate the cast around them to keep you in the hunt even if you're not necessarily having a, a fantastic year where everything works out perfectly for you. So I like Jordan Love at the running back position. I really like Antonio Gibson from Memphis. He worked out with the wide receivers at the combine. I think he probably just wanted to show his versatility, but at the running back position, I think he could give you a little bit of Derrick Henry and still contribute in the passing game. At wide receiver, it's no mistake here. I've been on this guy since the beginning of the draft process. Justin Jefferson, I've talked about him on this podcast quite a bit, the wide receiver from LSU. Big fan of him. At the tight end position, Adam Troutman, the little-known prospect from Dayton. I think you could get him in, in the mid-rounds, day two, maybe late second round, late third round, even could slip into the fourth and could give you some good value at the tight end position. At tackle, I love Tristan Wirfs. His workout just really impressed me. He set records at the combine. And somebody coming out of Iowa, coached by Kirk Ferentz, they are just an offensive line, assembly line. They're a factory down there. I really think that taking an offensive tackle from Iowa with the athletic traits and the testing numbers we saw at the combine combined with the tape, would be a, he should be the number one tackle taken, in my opinion, despite what other tackles on the board offer. Whether he will be, I don't know, but, but that's my pick out of the you know the top four tackles I would go with Worfs there and then you look at the interior offensive line Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU he's just really competitive really stout he finds a way to win when things aren't perfect around him so I think that being around all that NFL talent and that offense having offensive level coaching with Joe Brady who ended up taking a position with the Carolina Panthers I just think that that all bodes well for an interior offensive lineman to be able to contribute early the interior defensive line I like a guy like Marlon Davidson some people categorize him as an edge I think that he'll make his money in the NFL as an interior sub rusher. He gives you a little versatility to play on the outside. He could play five technique. He could play three technique. He could be an inside sub rusher. Like Jarrell Casey, you could kind of flirt with him on the outside on the edge, but that's not where I would primarily look for him to line up. On the edge, I like a guy like Curtis Weaver from Boise State. He's a technician, has a lot of traits that you could work on, has, a, I guess, a good foundation 
at the inside linebacker position. I don't expect the Titans to really look there early in the draft or maybe even look there at all in the draft, but I really love Isaiah Simmons. How could you not? He should be a top five pick. Some people have him mocked going lower, but I just think he's going to be a real one. He's going to be a stud. He is everything that you need on defense in the modern NFL. He can play slot. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can cover that middle of the field in the run game. He can go sideline to sideline. So I know that he is the the top linebacker on the board, so maybe that's low-hanging fruit for me, but he's just so impressive. Uh, I still think that if he doesn't go top five, then he's being undervalued. So I like Isaiah Simmons there. At cornerback, another one like Justin Jefferson at the wide receiver position. I love Jeff Gladney coming out of TCU. He's physical. He's tough. He's got a high IQ. He understands different coverages. He understands route concepts. He's willing to get in there in the run game. He's experienced. I just think he would fill that Logan Ryan role perfectly for the Titans if he happens to be there at 29 in the first round. And then at safety, I really like Antoine Winfield Jr., that NFL DNA. He's not the most athletic guy. He didn't test off the charts, but he just gets it. And I I really love at positions like safety, linebacker, offensive line. I really love guys who just have a high football intelligence. I think that even though they maybe aren't the most athletic guys, like I like at edge or wide receiver, I just think having a high football IQ and really understanding the concept that you're playing can go a long way at those positions. So Antoine Winfield Jr., for me at safety, would be a really good value. And maybe the Titans aren't looking for a safety. I wouldn't expect them to spend that high of a pick on a safety considering what they have at that position. But just in general, Antoine Winfield Jr. is the pick for me at safety. So that wraps up the Friday mailbag. Those are some good questions. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tough one there at the end from Theodore Foth. So I appreciate that one was fun answering these questions for you guys on a Friday. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Please have a safe and fun time. I will be back with you for a mock draft Monday and going over all the news that could come out over the weekend. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titan. For listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.